Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about helping busy families. We are blessed to have a team of like-minded local pastors who work together to train believers in biblical counseling and discipleship. And I'm very excited today to have with me one of those men, my good friend, Brian Gaines. Brian is the pastor of family discipleship at Grace Community Church in Glen Rose, Texas, in the greater Dallas-Fort Worth area. He oversees Grace Biblical Counseling and is a certified counselor with ACBC. He is also a longtime friend and brother in Christ. In fact, we actually were both working to develop biblical counseling ministries in our local churches at the same time when we first met, and that was many years ago. Many now, years ago, it? yes. We were stuck in Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah, flight was canceled, and uh, we were both with somebody else from our church, and they saw each other and introduced us, and that's where it all began. I know. We've been friends all these years, and so thankful for that friendship and your partnership in our conferences and Obviously, our churches are like-minded, so we're very grateful for that, thankful for your friendship. So we are both dads of families of small children, so mm-hmm. we're right in the middle of this. Now, you just have a, you have a brand-new infant in your home, so you're in a little bit different stage of life than we are. Um, but families uh, are busy. We have priorities. We have children. We have ministry commitments. Um, and we want to talk today about the challenges that busy families face. So maybe you can start us off just by helping us to think about what does the Bible say that might help busy families? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I think most of us struggle with busyness. Um, I think maybe first starting off by just thinking through is busyness necessarily a bad thing? Um, You know, as I think of the Apostle Paul, uh, his ambition um, was to spend and be spent for the souls of others and proclaiming the gospel to them. And so being busy in that sense is certainly a good thing. Um, and yet uh, the opposite of busyness is idleness. And when we are idle, not intentional with our time, uh, it does get filled up with other things. It can lead to, to sin, as with uh, King David um, in his idleness, um, he fell into sin with Bathsheba. And so as we think about busyness generally, though, um, typically it's not viewed as a good thing, and families struggle with that. There's so much going on, so many demands, so many expectations, can't get it all done, can lead to anxiety and, and various other things. And so what does the, the Bible have to say about that? Uh, that is a good question um, that certainly we can work through in the course of our, our time, at least scratch the surface of that. So let's, let's tee it up and, and jump in. Um, When we think about busyness in families, um, priorities immediately come to the surface, right? Mm -hmm. We spend our time, we're busy about things that are important to us. So what does the Bible say? How does the Bible help us to think about priorities in family? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the ultimate priority um, for every believer is ultimately to delight in our Creator and our Maker and our Savior and our Lord. And there's many things that will fight against that. But we consider uh, Mary and Martha. Um, Mary was there sitting at the feet of her Lord, listening to his instruction, enjoying his presence. And Martha was busy, busy, busy. And Jesus said to her in Luke 10, says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. 
And that ultimately is what our souls hunger for, what God has created us for, to delight in God and enjoy his presence. Um, And so even at, at Grace Community Church, our purpose statement is equipping God's people to delight in his glory and declare his glory to the nations. And sometimes we can get that out of check. We can be so focused on what we're supposed to do, declaring his glory to the nations, that we lose sight of where the impetus and where the compulsion to do that comes from. And that's from the enjoyment of God ourselves. And when we enjoy God ourselves, and that overflows into every aspect of our lives. And so busyness can take away from what ought to be our, our chief aim, um, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so as, as we think through that, another passage that, uh, that comes to mind with busyness is John fifteen five. Jesus there talking to his disciples. Um, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's a humbling statement. Um, I know in my own life, I'm busy all the time doing something. And yet the question is, um, does it really count? Does it really count um, for the sake of eternity? Am I really loving God in what I do? Am I really loving others? Or am I just busy for the sake of, of being busy? And so it's through that abiding in Christ um, that what we do has significance and brings glory and honor to him. That's so helpful. And I know for those that are listening, as well as ourselves who have uh, families of small children, um, how can we, in the midst of family life with children and, and school and you know football games and, mm-hmm. and gym class and, and all, the, all these things going on, give some specific ways that families can prioritize abiding in Christ and delighting in Him? Mm. Okay, very good. As I think through various families over the years that I've had the privilege to walk alongside, um, who struggle in essence with busyness, um, especially those who have multiple children, each of the kids have different interests. They want to be doing this, taking this lesson, being involved in this sport. Um, parents have things they want to do, and it's just busy, busy, busy. And that tends towards anxiety, not being able to get everything done, towards stress, um, which then can lead towards people getting short with one another, anger, frustration, uh, bitterness resulting in that. Uh, and so how do we keep the main thing the main thing? And again, I think that comes back to John fifteen five abiding in Christ. And so as you asked me to think about this podcast, um, uh, just thinking through the word abide and put together a, a little outline that um, has helped me personally as I try to be a good steward of what God has has given to me. And so if we think through practically what can we do through this, um, using the word abide um, as an acrostic, A for ambition. As we think about priorities, what ought to be our chief ambition? And I think the Apostle Paul summarized it well in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 9, where he makes it his aim or his ambition to please Christ. Um, and so ultimately, that is our desire in Christ. We want to honor him. We want to glorify him. We want to respond to his love for us and living our lives for him. And how do we do that? 1 Corinthians 10, 31, right? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Um, how do we then do that? What does that look like? What informs that? What instructs that? Well, that's where biblical counseling is is the most helpful because we have the Bible. And so we abide and we abide in Christ according to his word through the scriptures. Uh, of course, Second Timothy 3, 16, um, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness. And so that is our desire is to abide in him. We do so according uh, to his word. And that's easier said than done, right? Because we're busy. And how do we then get into the word when we have all these meetings, we have all these things going on, good things, perhaps even ministries to the local church in the midst of everything else? How do we um, keep the word in us and keep in the word? And I think that leads to the next um, letter. And so we uh, have it, our ambition to please him. We do so according to the to the Bible. And then we are very intentional in how we use our time. And so a verse years ago that really convicted me greatly was um, Paul's writing in Ephesians uh, chapter 5. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time. And so that, that convicted me because in response to what Christ has done for me, am I personally, in my own family, in my own life, in my own church, am I making the best use of time? Not just a good use of time, but Christ is worthy of our highest honor. He is worthy of a sincere, a sincere life lived for his glory. And so what does it look like to make the best use of time? And so that's one thing that I'm still grappling with. Um, it means being obviously um, very intentional with how we do that. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Jason Allen of Midwestern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary uh, posted a New Year's blog, and I believe the title of that was uh, Five Principles for Maximizing Your New Year. And in that, he talked about intentionality. He talked about being a good steward of what God has given us and that we need to intentionally steward every aspect of our lives. If God has given us a gift, that gift has been given to us to bring glory back to him. And and how do we then do that in the context of, of everyday life? And so we're intentional with that. And, of course, we can have good intentions, right? And many times we do, but sometimes there's just not follow through. And so that intentionality then leads to the letter D, discipline. Uh, how do we discipline ourselves, First uh, Timothy 4, 7, for the purpose of godliness, uh, and that's, again, a struggle that can be there. We know that God's called us to godliness. Uh, we know that he's granted us his spirit. He's granted us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's granted us his word. We know what that looks like, but it's not passive. Uh, we still have to discipline ourselves. Just like this morning, I struggled to get out of bed. <laughs> My back was hurting, a little bit of a headache. It just felt good to lay there, but I knew uh, I needed to get up. Uh, I wanted to spend time uh, communing with my Savior, and so I disciplined myself knowing it was what would honor him and what was ultimately for my good and the good of others. And so that aspect of, of discipline, um, and so just uh, having a routine, uh, being intentional, establishing a routine, and then sticking with that. And the final one, as I was thinking through what it might mean to to abide, is keeping an eternal perspective. Um Keep an eternal perspective. And so 1 Timothy 4, 7 and verse 8 says, Rather train yourself for godliness. Why? For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And so as, as we think through that, it's not just about the here and the now. Um, it's also the life to come, and in the life to come, we will see him as he is. We will see him face to face, and it is our desire as, as his children um, to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so those are just some basic principles that uh, have kind of helped me think through as I look into this new year, um, how to lead my family, how to lead my congregation, and how to love others well. That's very, very helpful, and I hope that you'll write about that or 
blog about it or something in the near future because I think that acronym can be very helpful uh, for not just families but for believers in general. So that very, very good. I think another topic that comes to mind when we think about helping busy families and just maybe helping busy Christians in general is the topic of distractions. Mm. And I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like every day there's a thousand distractions that mm-hmm. keep me from what Jesus told Martha was the best thing, the needful thing. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about how the Bible would help believers to address the challenge of distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a daily struggle. Um, we're, we're in this world, uh, the world seeks to conform us to its own image, uh, whereas we're called to be conformed to the image of Christ. And so we have all those pressures of the world, but also even good things that can keep us from the best things. And so I think it goes back to just that, uh, the acrostic there, abide. Um, what is my ambition? Uh, is to glorify God in all things. How do I do that? What is the calling that he has given to me? And in knowing clearly what the scripture has called me to do, and in saying yes to those things, then it also then helps me to say no to distractions. Um, and so part of it's just a matter of staying focused. Um, Hebrews talks about, uh, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so part of, of not being distracted is staying focused. What is it God has called me to do? How do I love him? How do I love others? And how do I busy myself in that sense in doing those things so that when something else comes up, um, I'm already engaged in what God has called me to do and I have the freedom to say no because I know I'm being faithful in what he's called me to do. Another aspect of distractions, and I struggle with this um, as a pastor, um, my first ministry is my family. And and then also I have a lot of responsibilities uh, through the church. And so how do I keep my family a priority? And so that means praying for them on a regular basis, making time to do that, a discipline of doing that. Um, in the morning, I seek to get up. I, I seek to spend time in the Word, pray through the day. Um, it's beneficial to exercise. It is of some value. <laughs> and I found if I don't do that, then I don't function as well. And so that's another thing that can become a distraction, though. Um, any good thing like exercise, too much of that can keep us from what we ought to be about. And so, again, it's prioritizing. What has God called me to do as a believer, as a husband, as a father, as a member of a church? And how do I... Um, seek to honor him in those things. And so a lot of it is learning what to say yes to so that it's more easily to say no to other things. Hmm. Now, you've been a family, a pastor for families for many years now. Do you see particular themes or trends amongst Christian families today that are threats in terms of creating distractions and maybe pulling them away from some of those biblical priorities? And if so, maybe hmm. what, are, what are some of those themes? What are some of those threats that you're seeing and have seen over the years? Hmm. Yeah, I think there's there's a variety of those. Um, you know, one though in of itself can be a good thing. Um, can also be the opposite of that, and that would be Facebook. Um, Facebook is is a good way, can be a good way to keep up with people. Um, but also, I know people who spend hours and hours on there every day, and therefore, um, in essence, uh, replace that perhaps for some other things they, they ought to be doing. I think John Piper um, said this, and, and David Allen quoted this in his article that I have here with me. Um, he said this concerning Facebook. 
Um, he says, Facebook will be used at judgment seat as evidence that we had enough time for prayer, but we squandered it away. And so Facebook certainly can be a good thing. I'm not putting down Facebook at all. Um, it can be a great form of ministry and keeping up with one another. But like Facebook, video games for the younger generation, um, there are so many electronics out there. Certainly uh, music um, can lead away, uh, movies. There's all sorts of things that can distract us. And so that's where we come back to the scripture. First um, Thessalonians calls us to test everything to hold on to what is good and to avoid every kind of evil. And so if our ambition is continually to please him, to glorify him, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, if that's continually there, then I think we're able to more clearly recognize those distractions. And it it may be um, profitable um, or may be permissible, but it may not necessarily be profitable or beneficial. And so saying no to some things to say yes to to greater things. One one area that... um I think families ought to be prioritizing is some sort of worship time, some sort of corporate spiritual discipline. Sometimes it's called family mm-hmm. worship. I know that's something that you mm-hmm. have taught on and thought a lot about. Maybe you could just, for, for the family listening that says, I know I need to do that, but they've never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just kind of outline what a basic family worship would look like as a means to prioritizing the things of God as we've been describing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think, as I think of family worship, um, I think of Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, where parents are called to have the Word of God impressed upon them as they then seek to impress it upon their children diligently with great intentionality. Um, and they do that as they walk along the road, as they lie down, as they get up, and so throughout everyday life. And so I think as as parents um, in leading family worship, there's a sense of formal and informal training. There ought to be the sense of, I've got my children for a limited time, and it goes by fast, as we as parents know. Um, what are the things that I need to teach them before they leave my house? And there's just basic wisdom principles. There can be things such as finances and relationships. Uh, But what do they need to know about God? Um, What does it look like to truly honor him in all of life? And how do I teach them that? And that's where I think it's good to sit down and systematically think through um, what are the biblical principles uh, my children need to know before they leave my home? And then to formulate a plan and how to teach that. Um, Teaching through the scriptures. And there's other great biblical books now to help with that. But how do I formally do that? And so in the context of a formal meeting, family worship, um, there's really three components that I think are essential, beneficial. Um, one would be, of course, opening the word primarily. God speaks to us through the word. We speak to him through prayer. And so opening the word, teaching our children how to study the Bible, helping our children see the sufficiency of the scriptures, the authority of the scriptures in our own lives. And so we do that by just systematically walking through the scriptures. Um, and then we pray. We pray in the beginning, Lord, open, incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to selfish gain. Uh, and then respond in prayer to what we've read. Lord, help me not merely to be a hearer of the word, but also a doer of the word. Help me to respond to how you've revealed yourself to me um, in worship of you. And so that aspect of prayer. And then another one, and I am not... Uh, musically inclined, <laughs> but there's a component of singing. The church has done it for ages. The Psalms uh, and the scriptures are 
songs, their prayers to God, and God's people come together and they, they sing, and I think that's appropriate in a home as well. So for my family, uh, that involved voice lessons for a period of time because all I could make was a joyful noise, but it wasn't joyful for anybody else. And so as a family, we took voice lessons, and we learned to sing, and, and I tried to get proficient enough at the piano. I could actually lead a little bit. Uh, thankfully now, my son Josiah um, is very good at the guitar, and so he can pick up a song and play that, and we can sing along. But that is so rich as well. Pick out some of the great hymns and just the theology and the richness and teaching our kids that, where they can go around the house singing those hymns throughout the day. And, and hopefully, Lord willing, down the road, they'll come back to those things. The Lord will bring those great words and truths to mind and uh, use that as well. So those are really the the essentials of family worship. It's not that hard. You know, you don't have to get up and give your kids a 45-minute sermon. Um, in fact, if you do that, you're probably going to lose them real quick. Um, rather, just opening a passage, reading, asking questions of it, seeking to answer those questions in light of the context of the scriptures, and then praying accordingly. Uh, it really is is that simple. But again, it's a matter of intentionality. So as a father, it's my responsibility. God has called me to not provoke my children to anger, Ephesians 6.4, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so that is my calling. And if I'm too busy to do that, then I'm too busy. And I need to say no to something else that I can say no to what God has called me to do. And the benefit of this, having done this for years now, is that when we formally teach our children um, when it comes time to discipline, it's not, remember I told you, it's remember what we talked about in family devotions. Remember that verse we memorized together. Now, let's view the situation a lot of what God's word says, and what do you think would most glorify God in this? And where are we at right now? And how should you respond to that? And again, why is Christ in the gospel so essential to how we view this issue? And so formal worship leads to that, uh, but it also leads then to to informal times of discussion, whether you walk along the road, whether you lie down, whether you get up. And so certainly, especially as our kids get older and they have various struggles, uh, we have the opportunity to ask them probing questions, data gathering. How are you doing? What are you struggling with? Uh, You seem to be frustrated or anxious. Can you tell me what's going on? And we hear them and then we take them to the word. And we hear them and we take them to the word. And so we're continually through various life circumstances taking them back to who God is and how his word um, informs where they're at. As Moses said in Deuteronomy 32:47, that God's word is no empty word, but it is to be your very life. And so we want to model that in our homes um, through formal times. Uh, and then also through those opportunities we have through everyday discussions. Very, very helpful. Thank you for that. That was so helpful. So let's get really specific um, as we think about helping busy families. What are some practical biblical steps that families could take to facilitate some of the changes we've been talking about, whether it's promoting a family worship, whether it's prioritizing um, a time with the Lord, um, avoiding distractions? What are some practical steps Mm -hmm. that families could, uh, could take to facilitate those changes? Okay. Yeah, and so assuming there's a believing husband wife, um, they would sit down and discuss together what is God's calling on our life? Uh, how are we going to impress the Word of God upon our children? How are we doing that? And what areas can we grow? How can we practically do this? And so I think part of it's just coming up with a plan. Um, the biggest part, the biggest challenge for us, because life is busy and things happen that we didn't plan for, like every day, um, But if it's a priority that we seek to do, family worship every day, 
Um, what do we have to do? What do we have to change? Do we have to get up earlier? Does that mean we need to go to bed uh, earlier in order to get up earlier in order to do that? Does that mean we, we have to say no to so many activities and we limit the other activities, though perhaps good, we want to make sure we're doing what is best. And as a family, we're coming together and considering God's word and what he has for us. And so a lot of it, again, is just prioritizing, um, being willing to say no, even perhaps to ministries at church. Um, if we can get too busy in some of those things, then it can actually leave us dry spiritually for not feeding our own souls. And so I think just forming a plan, intentionally sitting down, how are we going to um, teach our children the word of God this year? How are we going to start this week? What book are we going to start with tonight? How much are we going to read? And so just those intentional things and sit down with the family and say, hey, look, you know, we want God, we want Christ to his word to be central in our lives. And we really haven't done a very good job with this, but we want to change. We want to move towards that. And we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but we're just going to start. And here's how we're going to start. Um, and so part of it's just getting started. That's usually the hardest step is, yes, I know God's called me to do this. Let's set a time. Let's set a place. And if your friend calls and want to do this tonight, you just let them know, sorry, I can't do that at that time. We have other plans. And so part of it is just making it a priority. Yeah. I know I found as we've tried to develop that discipline in our home, sometimes when uh, I mean, we're getting home later or something like mm-hmm. that, and, and if you've established a habit with your children, you know, you and the wife might be thinking, hey, it's too late. You know, we're just going to go mm-hmm. to bed tonight. And the kids are like, no, 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 we want to do family worship. Yes. You know? and, so and that's a wonderful thing when it gets it to that is. point. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, you have church on Wednesday night, perhaps. Um, and so maybe move family worship on that day to the morning. Or for me, oftentimes I'll try to come home earlier on Wednesday and maybe we'll do that around dinner time. Um, and so, you know, kind of think through each day. If today's going to be interfered with, with something that is good that needs to take place, where can we move that? Because you neglect it once, then you're prone to neglect it twice. And before long, it's been three months and what happened to family worship? Right. Because we get busy. That's right. So, Brian, are there some resources that might be helpful for families uh, who are thinking about making uh, these spiritual disciplines and and the things we've talked about today a priority? Mm. Yeah, so some great ones that have impacted me um, over the years. One of the first was Jay Yance, John Yance, his book, Everyday Talk, which basically is learning to talk freely and naturally about God to your children. And that was a resource that was very good in me, uh, to me in helping me think through living out Deuteronomy chapter six, um, with my, my own children. Uh, another one that I do every year now, um, Donald Whitney, I think it was 2003, put out, um, an article and I have it here with me. It's called 10 questions to ask at the start of the new year. And so these are things that I, I try to do with my family. In fact, we've got a group coming over tonight. We're going to work through some of these questions. Um, what it does is basically helps us reprioritize. Um, what are the things that God has called us to do? What are the things that we should be busy about? What are the things that are distracting us from that? And just heart-probing questions of, am I really loving the Lord, my God, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? In what ways am I falling short? And in what ways can can I seek to honor him and increase my enjoyment of him? And so those questions, 10 questions to ask at the start of the new year by Donald Whitney, is an excellent resource. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being here. This has been a very helpful conversation and appreciate uh, your friendship over the years and uh, your contribution to uh, the biblical counseling movement uh, in our area here. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It's good to be here today.
Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. If you would like more information about Pastor Brian Gaines and the ministry of Grace Community Church, you can visit their website at gccministries.org. And for more information and to access dozens of free resources on biblical counseling, visit the CBCD website at thecbcd.org. Thank you.